We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high-performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm so honored and excited to have Candice Vanzell joining me today. And for the past 10 years, Candice has used her extraordinary gifts of intuition and insight to assist people from all over the world in their own inner healing and awakening from and to their inner truth. And I'm so excited to dive into what that means, her journey, and give you guys a taste for the work that she does because she offers a new spiritual perspective. And she teaches spiritual fitness tools, which I love that terminology because we really do on the Coachable Podcast. We're all here to learn how to grow and to do things better. We need to get not just in physical shape this year, not just to get mentally strong, but use spiritual fitness tools that I hope she can she can bring to us today. And through her workbooks, she's been able to facilitate empowerment and a consistent connection to the truth self. She also teaches four online courses that facilitate inner child healing, tribal wound awareness, emotional wound integration, and next level shadow work. So, Candice, thank you so much for being here. I'm really honored to have you and can't wait to to chat. How are you doing today? I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be really yeah, fun. <laughs> I know. I love social media for the fact that it brings the right people into my life right when I need it. And I know this is um, is one of those connections um, for me. I can already kind of feel that synergistically and vibrationally and... Um, I'd love to just start this conversation by asking, what's up for you right now? What's going on in your life? How has the new year started for you so far? I got to say, thank God for 2022. 2021 was the, I think for most people, but specifically for me, it was the most um, 
packed in growth year of my entire life. I went through the hardest things I've ever gone through, which I think most people. And ultimately, I didn't believe it at the time, but now looking back, and I can't, I was telling my friend last night, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm really happy again. And I went through such a difficult period of thinking, gosh, this is just so much. And you realize that even I loved who I was a few years ago, but now I even love her more. And I didn't realize it. I'm like, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to change. I like who I am. And what you realize is sometimes you have to get rid of things or things have to be taken or removed from your life to really plant the correct things, heart-centered things, empowered things in your way, in your path, so that you can literally kind of elevate from ego living into this heart-centered reality. And that was my year last year. It was like ego dead, <laughs> soul taking over. What yeah. the heck? I'm surrendering. Mm. It was nuts. Yeah. And that <laughs> yeah. can be like an intense process. I mean, that was a lot of 2021 20, for me as well. And it was, it can be disorienting a little bit, you know, yeah. and how do I get my footing again in this new reality, in this new world and reality that I'm creating intentionally as I let go and release what is no longer serving me or isn't the identity that I want to carry into, you know, this new year. I think we all have that opportunity at the beginning of the year. We're much more intentional about thinking about those things, even though it's available to us at any point. But what is, um, what were like the big, the big lessons for 2021 that you took away that maybe you're, you're stepping into this new year with what were, what were the most like potent things that you felt like the year taught you? I think it's really interesting. I always say my work is my teaching. It's like I have to go through something before I teach it. I kind of love it because then I have such confidence about it because I know it works. So this past year, I did like I would say my deepest shadow work. I was taking the parts of me, the powerful parts of me that were in the shadow that I was kind of, you know, band-aiding with other things. Those things had to go and I knew it. And it was almost like this realignment with the heart. Like I said, like really, I didn't have any more ability to half-ass something or to like fake myself out or deny it. I was like, this isn't me. This isn't working. Shit. I've got to change it. What is me? And I will say one thing that I thought was incredibly lucky is I had such an amazing support system while I was going through a divorce and a move and major changes and all these new fears that were coming up that I was like, no, 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 no. And now I'm so grateful because you realize you can do really hard shit and be okay. And when you realize that, you start to live by looking through the fears instead of looking away from them. Now I'm like, okay, give it to me. I know I can, I know I can handle it. And what most people think is I'm not capable. Let me stay in my comfort zone. Let me stay small. Let me stay upper limit issue. Let me, no, here I am. I'm like, I'm going to shine. So give it to me, whatever it is. And that's kind of what this year did is it was like this, all the scary shit all at once. And I realized it really isn't that scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's, it really is. It's like when we're in avoidance and running from the things that we're scared of, it feels so overwhelming and scary and we yeah. feel like we can't face it. And then when yes. we actually go into it and we actually oh. look at it and we draw out the worst case scenarios and we're like, really, what's the thing I'm scared of here? We feel we're actually, it's almost like this huge giant kind of shrinks. It's, it's, have you ever seen that picture of like, it's like the little, 
the little kitten and then its shadow is like this big lion. The lion. It's like (laughs) the fear feels huge. But then when we get into it, it's actually like much smaller than you think. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's one thing that I like to teach people too in my groups and stuff is that that resistance to pain is actually what's causing you pain. If you just go into it, you're like, oh, I just got to feel it to heal it. I say it all day long. Just yeah. be real about how you feel and it will heal. But no one wants to because we're so afraid of protecting this meaning we attach to it. This is happening because I'm not enough. We're so afraid that original wound is going to be validated from external sources right. that we don't realize the external sources are just mirroring what we believe. Yeah. So sit in it, have the courage. I mean, it's easier said than done, but I've done it, right? You've yeah. done it. You have to sit in the courage and do those scary ass moves and say, okay, what if I fail? Yeah. What if it doesn't work? What if I, what if I become homeless? That was one of my things. I was like, what if I become homeless? Mm-hmm. What if I lose this or that? Then when you realize, okay, maybe I've done my worst case scenario in my mind, I can fix that. I can change that. I can do that. You realize the capability that you are. You are the source. The source is not outside of you. We attach like power to our partners and our work and our authority shit. And then you're like, wait. I'm kind of the source of my reality. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do I want to create? Holy cow. Permission slip to do that. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's great. Yeah. Well, and that is, that can be such a empowering moment. And also it can make us just kind of, I remember for me when I remembered, I like for the first time, I am the creator of my reality. I'm the common denominator in everything I've ever experienced and thinking, in that moment, how much power I had been leaking and giving away to everybody and everything for my whole life, it was like I was standing before all of these opportunities and all of these spiritual assignments really where I'd just been like dishing out my power to everybody. And it's this, over the years, it's been like a recollecting and reclaiming that of bringing it back home and saying, actually, I'll take that back. Actually, no, I'm no longer going to, you know, allow this situation to dictate how I feel or this person to, um, confirm this story for me or anymore. Um, you mentioned 2021 was a lot of shadow work for you. For those listening who might be new to this work, like how do you define shadow work for maybe a beginner? Oh, great question. So the word that I use, which you just use is power. It's, you know, I I deal a lot with the golden shadow. A lot of people don't talk about it because they think shadow work is the dark stuff that you think is bad about you. But most of us are afraid of our shine. We're afraid of our power because we grew up in an environment with insecure parents or emotionally immature parents, or let's be honest, we grew up in an emotional dark age and society doesn't really encourage you to own your truth. It doesn't. It says, let's conform and then you'll be safe because you belong. And me growing up feeling like I was different, I was like, you know, I kind of like what this is. I'm just going to own it. But owning your truth as a child makes you feel weird, makes you feel like, why aren't they honoring that? And so we put a lot of our power in the golden shadow and then we project it onto our partners. Oh, I need someone powerful. I need someone this. And then we never find out our own potential. I did that. I did it all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I started noticing, wait a minute. I'm better at that than they are. Wait, wait, I should try that. I want to do that. I want to do it. But we're so afraid of that because we think if I don't need anyone, I'll be alone. That codependency, right? So if I don't need anyone, then what? What if I'm in my power and I'm all alone? I'm going to die. It's that childhood, that inner child issue of I need to connect to be safe and survive. 
But as we get older and realize that's just the inner child perception, we need to upgrade it and reparent it through trauma work and whatnot, we start to realize that owning our power and being free is actually not scary. But most people I coach are so, they don't even know it. It's unconscious. They're deathly afraid of being free because being free is scary. Oh my God, then what? Yeah. I'm like, well, you're used to your little prisons. It feels safe, secure, and certain. Uncertainty is our number one fear. So let's just jump into that fear, like we said at the beginning. Yes. So for me, I just jumped in and I was like, fuck it. I would rather just be whole me and alone, which yeah. I know won't be the case, than half me and always kind of unfulfilled. Mm. And so as soon as I became whole me and I was like, oh my God, that's in my golden shadow. That's in my golden shadow. I'm all these things we think are scary. You start to own them and you realize what they give you. They give you your own abundance. They give you this creative outlet that you've been waiting for someone else to give to you or tell you is okay. And you become kind of the authority of your own reality. Yeah. And that's shadow work. Shadow work is I love the dark. I love the light. I know myself. So when someone says something to me that I don't like, I'm fine with it. Opinions don't matter because I already know. Mm -hmm. And I already love it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, you know, for every bright light, there is a shadow with that that's cast. And it's what I've learned, you know, in my journey over the past few years is it's like, it's not about getting rid of the shadow. You know, it's, it's going no. to be there as a byproduct of being a light as well. It's about integrating it, not like casting it out or exiling it. And you mentioned that for so many of us as children, we, our truth is not validated. It's not celebrated. It's not allowed, you know, so it's conditioned out of us. It's, it's a, a lot of times based on just in the need to survive alone, we learn it's not safe to be who we are. It's not safe to be myself. So I have to change or conform or distort myself. What, how do you differentiate belonging? Because belonging is one of our, our like, critical needs as human beings mm -hmm. to belong and to connect, as you mentioned, and attachment or codependency. How do we see those differently? That belonging and connection, how, how are those different than codependency and attachment? So connection and attachment are the two key words. The first thing I'll say is the brighter the light, the darker the shadow, it becomes choice. Integrity. Who, are, who am I? What do I want to create? Knowing you have the power. When we talk about, you know, societal ideals versus universal laws, for me, I had to lift up to a higher perspective to understand that, of course, I belong in the world. I may not do everything catered to society, but society is created by people with opinions, not God, not source. So I'm going to have a false God or I'm going to lift up to a higher God and not care if I fit society, but care that I fit my purpose. Because if you want to fit society, nine times out of 10, you're not living your full purpose. You're just not. You're not. And that's hard for people to get until they've become extremely successful. And then they find me, they're like, something's missing. I'm like, mm -hmm. right. Because you're living in alignment with these measures that aren't actually measuring to your truth. Yeah. So codependency is I can't be me unless you like me. Or I can't be, you know, right? So what I like to teach people is I'm going to be me regardless of you. Because people treat you, here's the other thing I should mention about worth. Worth is a big piece here. Yeah. So many of my clients don't even know that they are saying this. It's programming. But they think that their worth is based on how they've been treated 
or how they're being treated. And I say, why would you take the over responsibility of saying these people are doing this to me because of me? They're doing that to you because of them. They will do that regardless of you. So what you have to understand is I had a client tell me this week, she's like, well, I'm looking for external validation or confirmation that I'm enough. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just gave all your power away to some circumstance, some condition. To live unconditionally and to be in your authentic power and your abundance is to know. The example is this. If someone says to me, I don't really like your videos. I'm like, cool. I don't really care. I love them. But if I'm insecure, I'll be like, oh, no. Should I delete it? Right. What should I do? See the difference? Yep. Living externally or internally, that's codependency or interdependence. Yeah. Do you see, because I see this with my clients. That there is a gap when we start to go from recognizing, okay, I have been outsourcing my power, my worth, everything to my partner, my friends, society, culture, parents, etc., and to how I should be to, okay, how am I going to source that within myself? And the gap can feel really, really wide for people because they've never, Mm. they haven't developed the self-trust within Mm. themselves actually believe Mm -hmm. themselves. hundred percent. That's the biggest hurdle. So how do we start that to bridge that divide? It's really easy, simple, but profound. I always say, get real about how you feel so you can heal. You have to be honest with yourself and what you feel. That is your authentic self. I had a client on Friday. She was in my group. She said, I don't even know who I am anymore. I feel like I get it and then I lose it. And I said, okay, to find out who you are in the moment, How do I fucking feel? I feel pissed that I lost myself. Okay, without judging myself, I'm upset that I lost myself. The truth is I lost myself. That's who I am right now. But see, we think we should be something else or we start to judge where we are Mm -hmm. and we forget that exactly how I feel and where I am is going to lead me to self-awareness. Instead of saying, I should already be somewhere else by now, you're already abandoning yourself. So the resistance to where you are is the self-abandonment that's keeping you small What we have to do is say, this is where I'm at and I love where I'm at. And then the next thing is, how do I feel? Okay. I kind of want to go that way. I'm going to go that way and see. It's this discovery that we're so afraid of because we're afraid if I'm really, listen to this, if I'm really being who I am and how I feel and what I need, I'm afraid that it'll show up as not enough. So I'm just going to keep one foot in and one foot out and always be in doubt and never really know just in case I'm not going to be enough. Mm. That's what we all do. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the prisoner who's standing behind the, you know, the prison wall, but there's an opening on both sides. Like I could, I could technically just walk around this wall, but to do that means I have to take responsibility. And that, yeah, that is so scary for, because a lot of us, we like to stay small and, and, and live in that story of I'm stuck. I don't know how to move forward Mm -hmm. my life. You know, I feel like I'm not living up to my purpose, but then you give people the anecdote to that. And like, actually you have this, this like path forward, but it's going to require you to fully be responsible for like for your life, for your happiness, for your actions, for the results you're getting. And we're so, we almost would rather stay in that small space of like blaming the world or blaming other people or like playing that victim role because it feels so scary to be the main character in our own stories. Well, if you think about that one step further, it's a fear to shine because we never had the mirror 
So it's this uncertain identity and people are so afraid that I'm not going to be enough because what we've been told our whole life is, I don't get you. That's wrong. No. So we think our, our sort of go-to is I should probably stay here because at least I know this and I'll be safe, but right. I'm really not fucking happy. Yeah. But I don't really know what it would be like if I'm happy. And the biggest thing people tell me after I work it out of them is they're afraid to death to be themselves and then lose themselves or be happy and have it taken away. When we're children, we got our identity taken from us by not being loved for authentically who we were. So we're afraid to death to love our authentic selves because what if it gets taken away again? And then some authority outside of me or life is going to do something to make me realize I never, I never deserved it in the first place. And then my biggest fear is confirmed that I'm not deserving of my own shine. Mm. But when you really think about it, who the hell can take that from you other than you? You are the one deciding that they're right about that. Mm-hmm. And if you're not deciding, you're like me or you, who are like, eh, I'm not going to decide that. I'm going to go do it anyway. And you guys can just watch and learn because I'm going to create a new path. And this is what I think I am. And what you think I am is not what I am because I'm me. Yeah. But we give this power and this authority over to these people that know us better than we know ourselves, but they don't. I'll tell you personally from, from just like a really personal standpoint for me, the deep, the deepest level of unlearning that had forced me to come face to face with an old paradigm of God, of who I thought God God was, that God was mad at me, that God, you know, I, if I didn't do enough, I wouldn't get into heaven. This is why I've been baptized like four times, right? I've been saved and resaved over and over again until I realized that I had externalized to God and made God as judgmental as I am. And, and I had projected my, the human condition onto, to this, to God. And that's not who God is at all, but I had to do some yeah. deep unlearning around yeah. because for so long, I had been taught that I was only good in God's eyes. And if I did acted a certain way or did the things that God wanted me to do, and if I didn't, yeah, Yeah. I was wrong. And so for me, my deepest, deepest fear was being a bad person. And for me, the triggers that come up is something that reinforces that, Tori, actually you're not as good of a person as you think you are. That's right. That's absolutely right. We are so alike. And the interesting thing about it, I had what I would call – you know, it wasn't even a quarter life crisis. It was an existential crisis. And I was 16 years old and I really found God, Mm -hmm. but I was so confused because what I learned as a teenager, this was hard to get and have no one get it too, is that we project our parents onto gods. Our parents are our gods. They are our false idols. They are our false gods. Our parents are perfect. So it must be me. There's something wrong with me that they're not loving me the way that I need. So when I do something wrong, God's rejecting me. Oh my God, God hates me too. No, God's not rejecting you. You're just projecting your parental inner critic onto this big source that is not actually accurate, which is why it hurts so much. Mm -hmm. That negative emotion that comes over is saying, you're wrong. That is not the reality. And then what's exciting is you get to go into the truth of reality, which is also very hard for people because then they start seeing their parents for who they are, wounded humans. And then they're like, oh shit. And that's the step that people get stuck in. They don't want to be free from that dynamic or that paradigm. When I developed my shadow work course, it's about seeing your mother wound and your mother's wounding, your father wounds and your father's wounding, the tribal wounds that you have taken on that aren't fucking personal, 
but you can't see that unless you see your parents for who they are. Yep. yep. And it's it, so enlightening. It is. <laughs> it is. And I just think through my own progression with this and, and with my clients, the next step for so many people is I feel wrong for judging my parents or I feel wrong yeah. for saying yes. my parents is imperfect. So then there's a whole yeah. nother hurdle of, okay, my parents were perfect and they did no wrong to actually, they were doing the best they could. Denial. They were doing the best they could. And they were actually imperfect people who've, I am like, have been deeply affected and wounded by the result yes. of that. And something it's a releasing that judgment that actually I can still have love and have connection and see the truth for what it is. Yes. So this is a really important point because you have to keep going to the next level. People don't know how to. That's you have guides, you know, like us and others. Yeah. Is that people will say, no, 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 I, I feel so bad. My parents did the best they could. I'm like, I get that. But you have to look at what they went through. It's not their fault either. We're in an emotional dark age. Yeah. I always say in my videos, I don't fucking blame parents. Now listen. It's not our fault that we're wounded, but it's our responsibility to heal. And our parents didn't have the tools. Right. They didn't have podcasts and books and shit. They didn't really have that at that time. Now they're starting to get it. Do you know how many like 60-year-olds, 80-year-olds that I coach that are like, oh my God, I fucked up my kids. I'm like, you're awesome. It's not your fault. But then they'll bring their kids in. And yeah. it's just so awesome to heal it by saying... It's not your fault. You don't have to take this burden on. Mm. I understand that I'm wounded because you are and only hurt people hurt people. And I get it. Am I pissed at you because you messed up my child? Like, yeah, but it's not really your fault. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand, you know, I'll tell you, this is kind of personal, but whatever. I was talking to my mom, like not too long ago about how I was like, God, my whole family abandoned me at one point. And she goes, Candace, my whole family abandoned me too. And I was like, of course it did. Mm -hmm. Because this is just the way it is. You know, yep. you become that. And so when I, when I heard her say that, and I knew that I was like, fucking compassion drops mm. in. It's not like, I hate you. You're crazy. It's like, of course you did the best that you yeah. could. Yeah. And that has to be enough because that's all that it is. Mm. I did a lot of work in 2021 around my mother wound who I, I lost my mother in 2018 to ovarian mm. cancer. So I don't have her here in the physical to repair or to have these conversations anymore. But I did a lot of work around this and to see the lineage of the, of the feminine in my family and how I really feel like my soul chose to come in and to intercede for our, for a, like, for this yeah. ancestral line and to bring in that divine feminine again, to heal that because for mm -hmm. so long, yeah, it just goes all the way up my family and it's when you start to see those patterns, you're not surprised. You do. I have had so much compassion, but something I teach in my, in coachable university with my students too, is it's not because we are compassionate with our parents and with their parents and so on. It also doesn't mean we can't grieve and rage and feel all of to. the feelings that are associated with the, the pain that's occurred. Yeah. That yeah, those are yeah. like, we can, fully hold space for ourselves to have that process without making them wrong. In the so this is so important too, because if we deny the inner child, the grieving of the trauma, it gets stuck. It never gets healed. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to grieve and I'm mad at my parents. I need to grieve to give my inner child the validation of what she went through. Mm -hmm. So many people are like, 
well, I'll just use myself as an example. For so many years, I would deny the fact that what caused me pain was even causable. And that was the pain. And then I started saying, no, that literally traumatized the shit out of me. I need to look at that as really traumatizing so that I validate inner me so she can love me back to integration and free me from this bullshit. I'm like, oh, I feel bad. That shouldn't hurt me. It does. Mm -hmm. It hurt. Whether it's perceived abandonment or real abandonment, it was an experience. Mm -hmm. And we have to validate and grieve all of this shit so that we can come back to self and not live as separated individuals who are like basically separated from our own selves the whole time. Disassociating from the truth of what we experienced. If you're disassociating from your own truth, how the hell are you being truthful in the world? Yeah, exactly. And... it goes back to your point. It's like, we have to be honest with ourselves. <laughs> we have to be honest with ourselves about yeah. what's true for me. Because the biggest, uh, when I first started my spiritual awakening and quarter life crisis, whatever you want to put a label on it. <laughs> like I remember thinking, you know, there was such a long period of my life where I would go to bed and I would convince myself of something like, I am in the right relationship for me. I am happy. This is good. You know what I mean? Or it's like, if Uh I'm having to talk myself into it, if I'm I'm having to tell myself I feel a certain way, I don't, right? And it fell, so crossing that threshold from pretending, not just with myself, lying to myself, but lying to the world about how happy I was, how like excited about life I was, how strong I was, to actually saying, "Mm, nope. I don't feel that way. That's not real. That's not real. That was a a pivotal point for me. And Mm -hmm. I agree. It's when I have done this work, um, I have kind of this ritual that I do when I, I can sense, uh, trigger is, is coming up. I'll ask myself, you know, what does this feel like? Mm -hmm. Where else in my life have I felt this way? That familiarity Mm -hmm. is how I know it's mine. And it's not someone else's, right? It's This is actually my energy that I need to shift and move. And this is my trigger that's pressing on something in me. So where else did I feel this way? What does this remind me of? And I start and I write out like on one side of the paper, all of the, the thoughts I'm having that are typically berating myself. Like you're not a good person. You're this, you're that. Like no one takes you seriously. You're a joke. And then on the other side of the paper, I write the truth. And it's not like this swinging Mm -hmm. pendulum of like, oh, I love, I hate myself. Do I love myself? It's just like, oh, you're a human being. You're allowed to make mistakes or you're, you know what I mean? There are so many people around you that love you or what have you. But I, I do that. And then I allow myself to grieve or cry or whatever rage, whatever is coming up for the me at the age that that thing started. So I asked myself, how long has this been with me? Like what age has, did this maybe start? And then if I was seven years old, I cry as if I'm my seven year old self, not my 30 year old self, right? Then my 30 year old self can come in and be that parent, but I'm Mm -hmm. not crying. Like if I'm doing that inner child work, it's not from the place of who I am today. I really allow Mm -hmm. myself to, to do it from the little girl that thought, mom had abandoned her, but she was really at work late. And I cried myself to sleep that night, you know, and I was like, and those are those small T traumas that so many of us dismiss and we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. At least I didn't, 
you know, I wasn't sexually abused or, and we start to compare our traumas to, mm -hmm. to other people and we invalidate ourselves again mm -hmm. in the same mm -hmm. way it kind of happened as, as children. What is, you teach a lot about trauma bonds. Mm -hmm. How do we begin to identify those within ourselves and take that, that path towards healing? Um, I, I the just, first thing I want to this is kind of interesting while you're talking, something really popped up for me. And it's interesting that, you know, we forget and people don't teach this. You can have attachment trauma with self, trauma bond with self. I saw one of yours pop up when you were talking. <laughs> so forgive yes, me. Yes, please but, speak. Uh, you have yeah, permission yeah. to speak into so, it. Well, when you said, you know, I am in the right relationship, I'm so happy. My thought was, why does she need to be happy? And what hit me was her trauma bond to self is, I can't be bad or wrong, so I have to appear happy. Mm -hmm. So that was your block to your authenticity. So you kind of fixed your own trauma bond to self. But what I would say is when we have these vulnerabilities, we're not allowing ourselves to be our authentic self. We pick partners that are the thing that we're not. That is a trauma bond. When I'm coming from a place of not being whole or I'm coming from vulnerability or I'm coming from a shadow that I'm not owning, we get into these trauma bond relationships that feel intensely exciting and holy shit, like everything I ever needed. And then you start to have anxiety because you realize you've compromised a huge part of who you are to make that fit. And it's not who you are. It's who you are in the moment. So you don't have to do the work. So you don't have to feel the pain. So you don't have to feel not happy. Mm -hmm. But the reality is it's just a band-aid to the work. Trauma bonds are the hardest thing in the world, in my opinion, to break as well. I've done it, and it's like, holy shit. You go through, like, drug withdrawals, it feels like. You feel like you're making the wrong decision. Oh, my God, I'm in love with this person. No, you're not in love with the person. Your ego is in love with the attachment. And so often when I teach people this in my emotional rehab course, they're like, excuse me, what does a healthy relationship even look like? That's the problem. Because when we're in trauma bond, which means we haven't healed our inner trauma, we don't know what it feels like to love contently or healthfully. We think that's boring. We think that's not enough because it's not intense and it's not like healing the pain. And then we get mad at everyone because they're not healing the thing within us. So trauma bonds are literally, you asked me at the beginning what, what's going on right now in my coaching community, trauma bonds. We're all talking about this because what's happening with highly sensitive people and empaths is we're being asked to stop this shit so we can actually come into the authority that we came here to do and, and let go of this false confidence and these false fake love shit mm -hmm. and really love ourselves enough to then recognize, oh, you don't love me as much as I love me. I'm not putting up with that behavior. Discernment and boundaries, discernment and boundaries will shift your trauma bond, but you have to be educated on what the hell it is and what you're dealing with so you can see it and be like, oh my God, that's not healthy love, but I really want it to be, but it's not. Okay. I know that's a no. And go through the withdrawals that are going to take months and months and months. And love yourself back to yourself. And then, this is what happened to me. I've had two huge trauma bonds in my life. I'll take time away. I'll go no contact, which is mandatory, by the way. The one foot in, one foot out doesn't work. Just keeps you half bonded. And then after months of doing your own self work, which no one wants to do. You got to do it. You'll go back. You'll see the person. You're like, what the fuck was I thinking? I don't feel that bond anymore. I see them for who they are, not the fantasy I projected onto them so that I could be saved by someone. Right. I saved myself. Mm, that is so, so self-saving. Yeah. Yeah. It heals you. I, I say this all the time. 
avoiding hard things makes life unavoidably harder, you know, and what I, I know you can attest to this, like Candace and I would love to tell you is there's a shortcut to healing and that we can avoid the hard, hard parts, but this is, no one can do this work for you. Like nobody, you have to be willing and, and almost get to a point where you're so sick and tired of living at like 40% full of your life. Yeah. And you're like everything. And there's just this dullness, like everything's like a 40 or 50%. And we only have, maybe we start to listen to podcasts like this and we become increasingly more aware that there are people who are living their lives at higher vibrations, at higher levels. And we start to get curious. You're like, oh, so this isn't all there is. Oh, so this just because I thought this yeah. was normal doesn't mean it's actually normal because we've normalized our, our trauma. We've normalized these mm-hmm. codependent patterns and these survival yeah. strategies. And then we think this is what it's like to be in love, or this is what love is. This is, this is relationship. This is what it means to be an adult or be a responsible adult. And then you and I come in and we're like, yeah, actually that's not, not the case. <laughs> There's a whole new way to do it. Um, yeah. And it just opens and expands us into so many more possibilities. But I have so much compassion for people that are walking that path for the first time that are like, I feel like I don't know who I am because who I thought I was, I'm realizing isn't actually who I am, but I still don't know who I am at the same time. Yes. Yes. So that, that space in between is something I talk about a lot in my monthly membership group because these are people from all over the world, from all different... Um, ages who are going through the same thing and the same, what it is, is sort of stripping the false self and then identifying the true self. And then that shit in between where you're like, (laughs) and what I try to tell people is, yeah, that happens to everyone, but that's the time that we have all these creative opportunities of saying, who do I want to be? Instead of saying, what's God or life going to direct me to? That's the time to stop the codependent pattern of show me who I am mm-hmm. and instead discover who I am by following what I feel. And this is the problem. People don't want to follow what they feel when what they feel is negative because they've been blamed for their negative emotions their whole life. So I'm doing something wrong and I'm bad. You can attest to this because I feel <laughs> negative. No, sweetheart. You feel negative because your thoughts are not in alignment with the higher self. So it's time to shift those thoughts to love yourself. We're so afraid to give ourselves credit. We're so afraid to say we're enough because someone's going to tell us we're not. I don't give a shit. How about everyone tells you, I always tell my clients this when they're ready, pretend that everyone is telling you your biggest fears are true. You suck. You're bad. You're not enough. You're unworthy. Just pretend that and sit in that. Okay. And what's the big deal? It's just a false evidence appearing. It's, mm-hmm. it's false. It's, it's who cares? Mm-hmm. So you have to sit in the fact that all my worst scenarios are happening. What would I do if that's true? Does it really change anything about what you feel? No, it really doesn't. But people don't take the time to be like, let me imagine it. They're so afraid to imagine it. Just imagine it. And then once you imagine it, you're like, Hmm. Okay. I think I'm fine and I can direct my life the way that I want to. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. As you were saying that, I was kind of in my own mind going through it. So if if one of my fears is I am bad and I sit with that and I'm like, I am bad, I am bad. I immediately can see all the ways in which 
I'm not. Right. And I, I can, it, that's the opportunity to self-validate. Evidence. Right. It's like, okay, now, even if I really believe that, like on some level, my mind goes to looking for the, the parts of me that aren't. And then that's where I can actually put emphasis and attention on that and create more of that in my life. And but let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What are you protecting or who are you protecting by saying, maybe I am bad? Mm. The coping mechanisms that you've created to not be bad, mm. throw those out. Sit in the fact that maybe I'm bad. Who was right then? Who was right mm. about me mm. if I own the fact that I might be bad? Who are you protecting? What story are you protecting? Mm. See, that's the work. Because if you find out who did that, then you're going to have to look into the truth of what is really going on. Right. Yeah. Because... Why do we protect certain people in that way where we're all, we almost want them to like, it's, is it protecting that story that they, we accepted from them or that they have it? We think that they have about us or why do you think we protect certain people in that way? It's protecting you from your power. Mm. Here's the thing. See, it goes to so many different levels. If let's just pretend it's your dad. I don't know. Let's just pretend dad told me I'm bad. Okay. Well, if dad was wrong about me being bad, then I have resentment for living under that rock for so long, but I don't want to look at the fucking resentment. So I'm going to make dad right about me being mm-hmm. harsh. I can see why he'd say it was bad, but let's look at the reality. He's wrong about that. I'm not bad, but I see why he would want me to think that so that I would get an alignment to fit the scenario that makes him feel safe, which is fitting in, right? right? We have to look at dad's wounding. So we protect the story so we don't have to do the yep. wound work yep. that's going to kill us, we think. But really, it sets us free. Mm-hmm. Like for years, I lived with the fact my mom doesn't understand me. They put me on Ritalin. They got it wrong. I was so resentful and hateful. And then I got to the point where I was like, I get why they did it. They did it because they were trying to help me fit a system that they thought was safe. But I'm above the fucking understanding yeah. of that. So yeah. they did the right thing that they thought they were doing, but it really, really hurt me. So now I'll just educate the world on how to not do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so important. I mean, it just goes back to these are just, they're just layers and layers. And a lot of us were like, oh, um, I've healed that thing. And then you see that there's like another layer to it like, and then it yeah. goes deeper. <laughs> and so many people were like, I can't believe this thing is coming up with my dad again. I thought I dealt with it. But I think that's part of the process is recognizing you might really focus on one area of your life and then there's always something like another – Peter Crone says life's always presenting us with the people and circumstances to show us where we're not healed. So yes. if we want to know yes. where we need to do the work, just people are like, oh, I have to do all of this. Like have to sit down and write everything out. No, just like go live your life and life will present you with the circumstances and the people where you need to do the work. Just pay attention. I'm going to tell you something awesome about that. That is so accurate. This past year, I think I healed one of my biggest patterns in the whole world, which is my father wound. And what's so funny is, you know, you still have it when you're still attracting the same patterns and the same lessons, Mm -hmm. but they just get better and better and better. And then you get to the point of consciousness where you just blast it out and you're like, fuck it. It feels good, but I don't want this anymore. I don't want this anymore. So I'm going to go through the deep pain of getting rid of this thing that makes me feel comfortable Mm -hmm. so that I can see the truth and finally heal it. And 
so this is the thing with toxic relationships and trauma bonds is many of us are in toxic relationships and trauma bonds because we still haven't healed the original wound with mom or dad. And when I healed my last trauma bond, I was like, holy shit, you start to take back all the power because you realize that that trauma bond is nothing more than a familiar pattern with either mom or dad that you're trying to heal, but you can't heal it with the trauma. You can't. You have to heal it outside of the trauma by saying, you know what? I don't want this false comfort. I want to be with myself and heal the original wound with dad or mom, not with this boyfriend or girlfriend. I really just want to heal it within myself so that I can recognize content, healthy love because there's no push-pull anxiety, none of that shit. It doesn't feel like this ridiculous, crazy, oh my God. It doesn't feel like that. It feels more like, huh, this feels nice Mm -hmm. and it's consistent and it's not push-pull and it's not this weird roller coaster. It's kind of just chill and it's not going anywhere. It becomes unconditional and safe. Whoa, what's that? New feeling. The new feeling that everyone's afraid of because it's boring and it's not like, "Ah," is actually the right feeling. Peace. Because you've healed your pattern. Yeah, peace. Which it's so funny how, and I I bet this is the same for you. So many of the students that come into my program and we talk about what, what is it that you really want more times than not, it's not, they're not even saying I want this house or I want this relationship or I want this job. It's, I want peace. We're at, we've been at war within ourselves for so long. We don't trust it. We don't trust it. Like, because you can't accept peace outside of you unless you have inner peace. Let's just be real. It would feel uncomfortable and strange. Like something is not congruent here. Right. You have to find the peace within. And what that means is I'm being totally honest. I'm not resisting. When you're laying in bed, you're like, I'm in the right relationship. Mm-hmm. It's so funny when you said that because I'm like, I really get what you're saying. You can say, you know what? Maybe I'm not. What if I'm not? And being fine with that. That becomes inner peace because you're like, I'm not resisting anything that is. Yeah. And it's our own judgment that comes in and tells us, no. oh, that that's wrong. Oh, if I'm not in the right relationship, now there's all of this judgment that comes in. So there is this process of becoming aware, of really accepting where we are, accepting that every, all of our judgment is just the story and the conditioning that likely we've been like programmed into us that it's wrong to – Date multiple people. It's wrong to get a divorce. It's wrong to change your mind, right? That we have to pick something and stick with it forever. Let me tell you something about this divorce. I had a client that said to me, I loved this question. I hope somebody else hears this and was like, oh my God. This one client said to me, don't you regret ever getting married since it didn't work out? And I'm like, are you kidding me? It was the fucking best thing I ever did was get married. I loved being married. I had a great supportive marriage for a few years until we went in other directions and I realized our karma is complete. And now we're going to be much happier people not together. But society says divorce is wrong. I say it's awesome. If you're going to be happier not together and you're going to fulfill your potential not together, then that is a smart, responsible decision to say, you know what? We love each other. Bye bye. Yeah. Wow. Well, my client was like, well, you didn't get it right. I'm like, Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. It was totally right. And it was amazing. And I became this and he became that. And now our becomings, we can go in other directions and thank you so much. Goodbye. Like, why is that negative? Because we're supposed to get it perfect at the beginning. How much pressure is that? And by the way, everything is perfection in the process. So how can we say something that was so beautiful back then is wrong because it didn't end up a certain way? What is that fairy tale bullshit? Yeah. I mean, 
I think it's Marianne Williamson and of course Miracles talking about how relationships are assignments. And if I've uh-huh. learned the lessons that this assignment was meant to teach me, it was a success. Period. Yes. 100%. Period. I agree. So many people ask me when I was getting a divorce, don't you feel like a failure? I'm like, absolutely not. I think I did everything possible to make this work and it's not gonna, so I'm surrendering and I'm much happier now. So how is that bad if I like who I am so much now? And I'm sure he does too. Like, how is that bad? Well, I think it just is a reflection of more of the person who's asking that question and their own fear within themselves. Perfectionism, Right, because our questions reveal so much about us. It can reveal our own wisdom, but also our own, our deep fears that we're just projecting onto you or whoever else. Um, so I, I love that you just can stand in that, like that clarity and that confidence of moving forward and saying, Hey, what's done is done. And this is complete. And I've learned what I needed to, we have taken what we need and we're better because of it. And that's, that's the purpose of relationships with all of us, whether we're with our parents, we're all here to teach, teach each other lessons. And we have these sacred contracts with each other to, to learn. We're here to learn. This is school. (laughs) I believe it, but all of this is life school. Yeah, it is. And just to circle back to the beginning, you asked me the difference between, you know, codependency and connection and attachment, all of that. My big thing is why does a breakup have to be negative? Mm -hmm. It's because there's an attachment. You know, it, it's like, what do you attach? You need this person for a part of your own self-esteem. Like, we have to learn to love freely where it's like, you're not my possession. Right. Okay. That's the first thing. But- yeah. Well, and the last piece on this is that relationships are eternal. Like, we aren't just physical beings. We're energetic beings and the connections that we make. Those things, we tend to, like, do life together over, you know, this likely, it might not be the first time, especially if you have a deep, deep connection, deep attachment with someone it's, there's, there's a deeper spiritual connection and that doesn't end because a relationship ends in this physical form. Like those things will carry on. And that has helped me so much, especially in losing loved ones and losing people very close to me. It's like, it's not the end. This will continue and we will continue to assist in each other's journeys in different ways. And it just evolves. And it gets to look different than it did before. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review or a rating or take a screenshot and tag us on social media so we can celebrate and acknowledge any takeaways that you have. Thank you, as always, for being here and being an active participant in the Coachable community and listener every single week. I love you. Go out and be coachable this week. I'll see you next time on the Coachable Podcast. You guys, if you love this show, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel called, leave a review. I would love to hear how the show is impacting you. But not only that, be a hero to somebody and share it with somebody in your life that needs to hear it. If you're getting value from it, I can guarantee it that someone else that you know would get value as well. And honestly, I wouldn't be here. If somebody didn't share with me a podcast episode a couple years ago that absolutely changed my life and set me on the course that I am today, and I'm eternally grateful for that person, and you can be that person to someone else. So share it, share the love, because 
you matter, they matter, and what you have to say matters. So I would love to hear if there's something in this episode that really stands out to you and is a ha- aha moment, send me an email to media at torygordon.com. Let me know what it was that stuck out to you. What was your aha moment? Maybe where and around what time in the podcast that really spoke to you because my team and I love to hear that. We love to see and hear exactly what is speaking to your heart and it helps us to serve you better. So please like, subscribe, share. You are helping this podcast continue to grow and get out to larger audiences that can help shape the world and bring more and light, love and healing to it. So thank you for your contribution and let's get on to the podcast.